last week's Parashas Nasai. So, uh, I just mentioned an insight from uh, Matzio Salman. The Chinuch, when he explains the concept of a Nazir, so we know a Nazir can't drink wine, and a Nazir can't be in time with a Mason. But also, a Nazir cannot, has the of not to cut his hair. So the Chinuch explains what's the idea behind a Nazir growing his hair long. So he says, a person generally has a taiva to have his hair looking nice, neatly trimmed, and by having to grow his hair long, he's working on overcoming a taiva. He's working on over- overcoming a desire that he has to look more presentable. So he's had, he makes his hair grow long. And the Nazar's goal is to overcome desires, to show that he can control his desires. And he explains that after the Nazar's finish, we make him shave off all his hair. So that also makes him look ugly. And this way he's further <coughs> overcoming this taiva of looking just right. So Matsyo Sal made an interesting observation. He made it a while ago, but I think it still holds true for today. He says, so the Chinuch is telling us that a person having very long hair and being bald is a negative thing. It goes against his time. He says, I, he finds it fascinating that it's in vogue nowadays to have very long hair, right? If anybody's seen any, any bald players, they all have long hair. And he says, you even notice that the people that are bald, and you know, there used to be an option of toupees and everything, he says, people are very happy being bald. How does that fit into the Chinuch? The Chinuch is telling us that people don't like this. This is the, so to speak, Nazir's way of overcoming his taiva, and now this is voluntarily what people are doing. So he said an insight which I think is Gavaldic. He said over that the reason why a person has a taiva to have his hair looking just right, cut, that the Chinuch is talking about is because a person has a taiva to look dignified. When your hair looks nice, it makes you look dignified. And he says, evidently, it's in vogue nowadays to not look dignified. Why would there be such a vogue? He says, the only thing he could understand is because when you don't look dignified, you don't have to act dignified. And people are looking for an excuse to not act dignified. People have a desire to be able to do whatever they want, even if it's not acceptable. So if you look put together, so then you have to act put together. And if I don't look put together, then I can, I can avoid that. Many years ago, about 10 years ago, I had a talent of mine that went to Harvard, Harvard University. It was interesting, he told me that he came from, we have Yeshiva Yermans, he told me in his room, he had two roommates from BMG, three people. And he told me that the, the raid in the room, the discussion in the room, was whether or not to keep their white shirts or to change. He explained to me that, you know, in a typical university, wearing a white shirt is like, like being from the outer pole, like no one is wearing a white shirt. So he was, he was asking me, I said like, he said like, what's, I, I, he obviously, I said, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. He said, but just explain to me what the tzadim are. What, like what, why, yeah, what, what's the difference with shirt I wear? So the, the question is this, this topic, a person has to understand that if a person dresses a certain way, it means that's, that's, that affects who he is. So the question is, maybe you should look different than them because if you look different than them, then you'll act different than them. And if you look like them, then you act like them. That's the question, because that's the way we are. When we, there's someone in the Shiva but it's very, very, very mock with the guy shouldn't have their, their shirts tucked out, ever. What's the big deal? I walk in the morning, I don't have my shirt tucked in. When you look undignified, you act undignified. The davening's a different davening, the way you talk is a different thing, it's a different thing. So this is a Ashtagol Musar Haskell that we're, 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 we're teaching you that 
It's a punishment to look undignified. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nazar should be going against the taiva. The natural taiva of a human being should want to be to look dignified. And if you don't want to look dignified, there's something wrong with you. That's the message that the Chinuch is teaching us. I saw another uh, another insight that uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to a nazir, so a, a nazir is, is somebody that we explained is trying to overcome his uh, his taivas. Basuk says that the nazir is is yavi oisai. So Rashi says, what is yavi oisai? So Rashi says yavi es atzma. He brings himself. So Rabbi Rucham used to go crazy about this Rashi. He says this Rashi is worth a million dollars because he says, what does it mean he brings himself? So he says, what the Nazar is able to do is the Nazar is able to take something which is wildly unpopular. Who in the world would want to not have to drink wine and not, not have to make, make his hair long? And he makes a decision that it's good for him and he bucks the trend and becomes a Nazar. So he says, Yavi means he controls himself. He's not brought to, to places by other people. He brings himself. He's in control of himself. He used to say that in it lies the greatness of a person. The greatness of a person is when he's not looking around to see if everybody else approves of his actions. If he thinks it's right, he can make a decision on his own. They bring a beautiful Gemara. It's a puzzling Gemara in Sukkot. The Gemara says, Roshim uh, says, I saw the B'nai Ali in the world, and there are very few. He says, if there are a thousand, me and my son are among the thousand. If there's a hundred, me and my son are there, are among them. And if there's two, it's me and my son. So everyone asks, it sounds like a shtagal gaiva. He's, he's calling himself the Ali. And if there's only two in the whole world, so they, they bring this with Blake Gorbitz. It's, it's a murder of art. He said over that what he was saying is a totally different point. He was telling you that I want to be a Ben Aliyah. And it's so important for me to be a Ben Aliyah that if there were only a thousand people in the world, that means how many billion people are not Ben Aliyah? I'll be a Bnei Aliyah. Even if there's a thousand people in the world and everyone else in the world is not Bnei Aliyah, I'm going to be a Bnei Aliyah. And even if there's only a hundred people in the whole world and everyone else doesn't want to be a Bnei Aliyah, I'm going to be a Bnei Aliyah. And even if it's going to be two people in the whole world, I'm willing to do it. Because if it's right, I'll do it anyways. It's a very ridiculous lesson. That person has to think in life how much their decisions are affected by other people. If they want to break out and do something right, but they don't do it because someone's going to say, you're so from, you're so this, you're that, oh, you took on a new Kabbalah. In Yeshiva, we have this. It's one of the most devastating things. But if a guy you know, wants to come in early, someone puts in one comic, you come to base, oh, you're so from, you can destroy the whole thing. If you're a person that controls yourself, that's that's the Nazir. The Nazir doesn't care what people say. On that vein, you have to be Rabbi Kamenetsky to say this, but listen to how beautiful how he says it. The Pasuk by Akayin says, you can't be Tamatah Mace, but you can be Tamatah your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your wife. When it says a Nazir, it mentions all of them, but it doesn't mention your son and your daughter. It doesn't say that a Nazir can become Tamay. A, a, a Nazir can't become Tamay. It doesn't talk about his son and his daughter in the Pasuk when it talks about whether he can become Tamay or not. It says Rabbi Yaakov, why? So he says, and he has Raya's through his godless and all over, in, in Sukkim, he says, I think that most Nazirim were young men. And most of them don't have sons and things. Avada, you could be an older person and be a Nazir, but Bidera Kala was a Sheikh. Why? Because he says, a Nazir is somebody who is deciding to buck society, to just change the way, he, the way he is and do something that's completely against society. He says, usually you can only find that in young teenagers, people that are willing to just, you know, they have high energy and they're willing to change their lives. He says, usually when people are older, they're too set in their ways. They're not making life-changing, you know, ch- fighting the, the trend of thing. So he says, it doesn't say the bundle of the thing because we're talking about someone that probably doesn't have kids. 
But it's, it's very hard. But when you're younger, that's when you're able to, 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 to make these decisions, to make these life-changing decisions. So I want to talk a little bit about the Yom Tov Shuas, which is coming at Baal Lengel Taiva. The point that, to me, I think it should be Dvarim Shutim. I haven't ever heard a couple of Rabbanim talking about the same topic, but I think it's Pashat in the for Shuas. I'll use this. This is my way to go to it. The minig the Magen Avram brings is to say up the whole Shuas night. It's a minig. And we were taught in school that the reason is because now in Klai so we're supposed to get the Torah. So they got a plate. They got a plate. They had to be woken up. So the Pashat Shad is... To do chubas hamishkol to fix it up, we stay up the whole night. We're going to be ready for kabbalah zatayr. We're not sleeping in. We're going to stay up the whole night. We'll be there. But Rucham has a little bit of a, a deeper, I believe, take on it. He, t- he tells over an, uh, a very interesting story. The guy had a brother, and the guy was brother was a rav in a city, a chashav shteller. He had a chashav city. He was a rav. One one matzei shabbos, it was stormy. Rain was coming down in buckets, and the town sees that he's got a hired wagon and he's taking his farm out of his house. It looks like he's moving. I asked him, you know, what are you doing? He says, I'm leaving town. I'm giving up my job. So they asked him, what happened? So he said, you went there in Shabbos? He said, yeah. He says, we were in Shul. And there was a tremendous Tamil in the Shul. And there was a wealthy person in the Shul who was not a Tamil And they gave an aliyah first to the wealthy guy and not to the Tamil He says, that means that in this city, there's no Kavanah Torah. I can't live in a city that has no Kavanah Torah. I'm out. That was the Shtoyman. Motzei Shabbos, in the rain, he had to get out of the city. So Rucham asks, Kavra Teir is so important, you got to get out. Like, he, was, he was a rough. So he gives an insight. It's a, it's a drop deep, but it's this rye is from iron and many, many people. Torah is not an abstract topic. There are many, many rye's from Midrash and different things. The Torah is an entity. It's a thing. It's a thing. And there are rye's that Torah as a thing only goes to who it chooses to go to, which means... Sometimes we're learning, and we can spend 10 hours on something, and the Torah is just not, we're not getting it, we're not understanding it. And the way they explain it is that the Torah has a right to decide if it wants to come to you or not. It's not, it's not like math, that you, if you apply, you'll get it. The Torah is its own being that can decide if it wants to come to you. Says Rebbein and others, if you don't show respect for Torah, Torah is not interested in coming to you. Therefore, says Rabbi Rucham, if you live in a place where there's no covenant Torah, you have no potential to learn Torah. So he says, I'm out of here. Because if this place breeds a lack of Kavadah Torah, there's going to be no no, op, no option of Torah being learned here. Because the Torah doesn't come. Torah's not going to be here. There's an expression there called a Mokim Torah. It's not a Mokim Torah. The Torah doesn't come to the city because there's no Kavadah Torah. So he says, that's why I have to get out of here. So that's Rucham. Shuas night. The person wants to get the message. Like, what's he doing Shuas night? I know he's staying up, and I know he's being misogynized. He says, but what he, he's really trying to send a message is he's trying to send a message of Kavadah Torah. He's trying to say that I would like to be in my bed now. I'm very tired. I'm fighting off sleep. But the Torah is so important, it's worth it for me. And that's what I want to show. I want to show that the Torah is important. The Torah is important. So that's the message of Shulis. So I made a, what seems to be a Dover bar. Is that if a person ever had an important meeting or an important event or anything was important to him in life, he would always go into it with a plan, right? It's push it. You don't go into a meeting. You don't try to accomplish anything without a plan. Mainly, it should be a double bar that when a person comes into a shulis, 48 hours, whatever you want to call it, more than 48 hours, every shulis, he has to come in with a plan about what he's going to accomplish. Without that, where's the kavod ha-tayra? A person, If a person has a, 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 a desire to show kavod ha-tayra, he has to show that he made a plan for shulis 
that he's going to try to accomplish in Torah. That, that, that's, that's, it. that's the respect you give it. This is an important event. This is an important thing. So many people tell me that they go through a shores and they want to learn, but they don't know what they're going to learn because they sat down and they, they discussed between the Hussars for about three, four hours what they're going to learn. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Before shores, you come in with a plan. I mentioned the yeshiva, last year in yeshiva, we had six boys came back from the Matzah Shores and they told me that they took Masechus Tainus and they finished the whole Masechus on Shores, over Shores. They got to stay up two nights or whatever it is. It's not the Pshat that they Karada finished. They decided that they're going to finish Tainus, so they finished Tainus. But no one's going to finish Tainus if you don't decide it. So it's a basic, I think, a basic Nakuda and Kavra Torah. In respect for the Torah, as a person comes into Hashem, what's the plan? What does he want to accomplish? For some person, it's going to be a Masechta. For some people, it's going to be to learn for three hours. For some people, it's going to be to learn a, a Rashba, whatever it is. It doesn't mean it's or Ian. But what's the plan? To me, that's the Kavra Torah that you give. The Kavra Torah is that you, you plan for it. Torah is something that I plan for. I need to have results. I need to come out with something. If it's valuable, then I have to plan for it. This is the nakuda that a person gives that covet to Torah. It comes into Shulis with a plan. Something's going to accomplish. Marevi says over. Uh, a Rashi. There's a Rashi in, uh, in Shabbos. Rashi talks about my minimba and asmilimba, people that learn Torah properly and not properly. When Torah talks about my minimba, the people that learn Torah properly, Rashi always says, Trudin ladasoida. Trudin ladasoida means they're busy to get to the secrets of Torah. Rosh always says over, he says, a person has to be busy. So he's talking to Yeshiva Bachim, 365 days a year they have to be children. But I think everybody's goal on Shuas, when they're making their plan, what should the plan be? The plan should be that two days a year you should be talking. You should be busy. You have a plan, you have an objective, and I, I'm busy. What, I, I have something to do. I have something on my agenda for these 48 hours. I, I, I'm busy trying to accomplish something, whatever it is. That's the basic idea, and with, when a person does that, I think that that's the rest of cover that a person person could give when he gives a Torah. Just end off. I like to say this 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 word over that I heard it about 25 years ago. I don't know if I've said it in this in this forum, but I was sitting in in in, in uh, my Rebbe Rabash's house, and uh, the whole yeshiva was there, and he said over the following aura that when Klai Yisrael went to fight Amalek. So the Rebbein told Moshe to fight Amalek, and Moshe went and appointed Yoshua to fight. So the Rechaim and many others are bothered. If Hashem told Moshe to do it, so why did he appoint Yeshua? Why did he do it himself? So Rosh just said over an unbelievable Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi says that with all the Giyas HaTayr that Moshe Rabbeinu had, Yoshua was a bigger Miyagei in Tayr than Moshe. How could you say such a thing? It says the Yerushalmi, because Moshe Rabbeinu had a better Rebbe than, than Yoshua did. Moshe Rabbeinu learned by Devishtah. He didn't need so much Yigiyah. He had the greatest the Rebbe you could have in the belt. Yeshua went by Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu, Gavald Gerebbe, Avanishter Rabbeinu So Rosh wanted to Taina, Amalek's Kayach was Rafidim, Rafu Yudayim and Atayrah. Amalek's Kayach was that they were Shvach in their Torah. Was, there wasn't a Yigiyah. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I, I, I need to get Yeshua to fight this battle. Because you need the Kayach of Yigiyah's Atayrah to its fullest extent. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm not at the highest level. I learned by the Ebershtah. We need Yeshua. Yeshua only learned by me. The Kayach of Yigiyah Satayra. That's the Kayach against Amalek. So that's the the Tzvich HaLakam. I think that a person has to work on Anshu. It's the Kavra Satayra with Yigiyah Satayra. And I'll buy him at Hashem. We should be Zeichem Hashem to the Chag of Matan Tzvich HaLakam.